Welcome to One Tired Teacher, Episode 70, Remote Learning Suggestions. Today, we're going to be talking about some things that we can do while we, while we are in the midst of this distance learning or remote learning situation. And I have gathered a list of resources and some tips and strategies in order to help us get through this time and to make sure that learning is continuing for our students and that we are showing up in the best way that we can. I hope to stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey, so we are back together in this time, this crazy time that we have going on in the world. And I hope that you're staying healthy and you are practicing social distancing. I know that I am and it can be really hard sometimes because you feel pretty isolated. And you know, you're, you're staying making sure you're not in groups any larger than 10. And you're staying inside and it's just a lot of of inside time. And I know that I was sitting down today and I'm like, I was excited about recording the podcast because I felt like I would at least get a chance to talk to you all and talk to teachers and, and, you know, hopefully, I don't know, maybe have a little bit of, of, you know, a bright spot here in the, in some gloomy times. And it's difficult to, to, to remain like optimistic and positive when we've got like so much coming, coming at us. And we have, there's so much tragedy, tragedy going on. And that's very, you know, very disheartening and sad. And my prayers go out to families and people like all over the entire world that are dealing with, with this, with this hard, this hard time. And it's, you know, it's hard not only with, with people's health, but financially and how, how we're going to pay the bills and how, you know, who's going to continue to have a job. And it's just, it's a lot. So I want to, I want to acknowledge that because I think it's important and it's, it's something that we're facing right now. And I want to, I also want to be proactive. And I want to think about like, what can we do now that we are in this situation? Like my philosophy usually is like, I give myself a chance to wallow or to be to be upset and to be mad and angry and cry and, and kind of feel helpless and hopeless. <clears throat> and then I make a decision that okay, like now I've got to move forward. Like, what do I do next? Because I have to keep going. I have to keep going forward. And I kind of feel like that's where I am right now. Like, I'm like, what do we need to do? What's the next step? We're currently on spring break. So I, I feel like I haven't been on spring break. I feel like I've been like working, working, working like crazy to get things in the hands of teachers that are working so hard to figure out how to manage and navigate this e-learning situation. And last week, I did the podcast on the coronavirus and the distance learning, and not necessarily on the coronavirus, but like the impacts of it. And, and like I offered a free packet of work that you could send home digitally through a Google link. And I shared that 
and it's had like over 3000 downloads. So I'm so glad that it's helped so many teachers that are feeling like they are you're scrambling. And I've continued to like continue to add resources to my store so that you have things that you that you may need in this time. I, I already had like a, a pretty large amount of Google resources that because because I, I realized that we are moving away from a lot of printing and that I thought it would it would be something you know that would be engaging for kids on the computer and they would be able to still interact with text and so I have a lot of those resources already but I'm trying to make other things quickly so that you have what you need because I know this is a big transition and I have a, a section in my store treated every teaching and learning on TBT and it's called distance learning it, you can see it right on any page because it's the it's my banner currently and it will take you right to those Google products and those are you can you don't even have to share those in Google Classroom you can use Google Classroom but you don't have to it's a link and it will allow it will force parents to make a copy and then their students or their child will be able to work on that <clears throat> and then they're going they can re resave it as their student's name and they can share the link back to you so that you can see what's going on in real time actually which can be really really powerful I mean obviously you won't have all those open at once for all 18 or 22 or 24 or whatever students that you have and you may not even and some kids may not even have access to the internet and so that, you know, can be an issue. And that's when we have to have like packets ready. So on my plans, I gave a packet version as well, but it's a lot of pages. So it's like 89 or 90 pages or something like that. And that's a ton of pages to copy. So hopefully you won't need too many of those print packages, like you can use it more online. I, there's something I want people to think about. And we often like get really worried that our kids don't have computers and devices, which they may not. They may not have computers and devices, especially if you're in a Title I school or a heavily populated, you know, rural or migrant or, you know, um, it's, it's just difficult for your families. But something that I notice even in my school, which is like just borderline Title I, they have gaming devices. They still have Xbox and PlayStation. And that most of the time they can get on the internet with that so it's something to think about like even even some extreme situations people are for somehow are figuring out how to have these gaming devices in their house I mean kids talk to me about gaming all the time so they they do have access more than we think they do sometimes and I realize that it's not true for every family and I think that is that makes this very difficult because I think the inequity is is really hard a hard pill to swallow and I hope that in that case we will be able to provide them a hard copy but I also know that there are you know kids and families that do have it and we definitely don't want to stop learning um, you know pr pr providing learning for people that can get on and listen <clears throat> also a lot of parents have cell phones so I think that that can be really a really you know powerful tool as well because they can they can call into things like Zoom and that was one of my tools and I'm going to get to the tools and strategies in just a second but one of the one of the ones that I I highly recommend is Zoom and Zoom is free and you can get up up to 50 people on at a time and you can only spend 40 minutes like it'll cut you off after 40 minutes or it wants you to do the paid version which I think is like fourteen ninety nine a month, and you could do it 
monthly. You could just pay for a month and then cancel it if you wanted to. Um, but I mean, I don't think teachers should have to do to do that. But I'm, I'm just saying that it's it's a nice option. And not that I think you'd have more than 50 people, or maybe you wouldn't even need to stay on for more than 40 minutes. You could do like sections, and then you could give them like a 10 minute break or a 15 minute break or whatever, and then get on again. So that's always an option. I mean, we're not going to have them sitting in front of the computer for <clears throat> all day, all the time. So Anyway, Zoom, it can be really helpful and you can, you can, you know, you can get on there with your students. It's almost like the Brady Bunch. You feel like you're like the Brady Bunch at the beginning of the Brady Bunch when you have those squares of people on, um, on the screen, you know how they're like waving down and up to each other. It feels like that on Zoom. Like you can see all their little faces and you can talk to them and you can share your computer screen with them, which is really cool. That way you could be in like anything you could be like even in a like a pages or a word you know word document and you could you know be moving letters around and you could do some word work and you could do some making sentences if you were talking about younger kids because I know that's that's where a lot of teachers are really stressed out it's the primary grades like how am I going to do this with the primary kids and I mean you can totally you know do you know counting syllables and you can get you know pictures of something and you can count syllables or you can um you know stretch and and segment words or pit, you can have the picture of it like a cat you know cat cat and they can do things like that and so there are things that we can do with our computer screens that we can show the kids all at the same time and I think the important thing to know because I because I've talked to you know my teacher friends and they're like well they're you know they're not going to get on they're not their their parents don't show up now how are they going to make them do this and I think the key I think this is really important. I think the key is to excite the kids the first couple of times that you meet, like be like class building kinds of things on a virtual in a virtual community. Like, you know, I know a teacher that they got her first meeting with the kids was like they showed each other their pets. And so that was really fun. Like they, you know, actually brought their pets online and showed them. And so she made it really fun. And I'm sure that made the kids want to come back for more. So like, I know that we sometimes struggle with like we're not entertaining them but in this case like we are entertaining them and we kind of have to push that aside a little bit because we want to capture them and motivate them and excite them to keep coming back because nobody some people might not be made to come and so we want to entice them as the best that we can now when I said that if parents have cell phones there's a version that they can just call in. Now they wouldn't be able to see you, but they would be able to hear your voice. And I think hearing your voice can be really reassuring to our to our little guys. And that that might be something that's important. And at least they're hearing something, whether they're seeing it or not. I love the Zoom that you can share the screen and you could do things where you, you know, you had clip art or pictures of things and you were, you know, were doing activities like that. Or like I said, counting syllables or blending, segmenting, those kinds of things creating sentences, doing a shared writing experience, um, even having, you know, even some digital books that I mean, I and I have some in my store, I actually have them in the pack that I gave away for free. I have four stories, summer readers, they're called. And, and so you could bring that up on Google, you know, sharing that part of your screen, and you could do read that story out loud together. So I think that that could be fun. And there's and so that would be something that you could, you could definitely do. I know that authors are given permission to read books out loud. And so you could do a read aloud and you could take pictures of your of the book and then you could show them 
you know, maybe even like in a PowerPoint or a keynote, and you could flip through the pages like that so they could see it on the Zoom call. So those are just some ideas of things that you can do. I have more and I'm going to share those um, that you could do with with younger kids. But you know, parents, even even in migrant camps, they a lot of parents still have cell phones. So they may not be able to do it at the time that, that you are able to do it. Or maybe maybe your work hours are going to look a little differently than they normally do. Like maybe you're going to work a little bit later and you're, you're going to take the whole morning off or whatever. So yes, it might look different than it normally does. But it's, you know, it, it like being a little bit flexible. Sometimes we have to do that when we have situations like this, because this is just unprecedented. So anyway, so there are options to reaching kids. Like like I said, the PlayStation, Xbox, they can get on the internet with that. They can get on a Zoom call with their parent's cell phone. And so that's one way that you they can hear your voice. And hopefully they can see your screen because I think that could be really powerful. So that's just one thing to think about. So and some of those things, like some of the things that we automatically get come to our mind, like we won't be able to reach everyone. And how are we going to do, you know, how are we going to teach math? And how are we going to do like all the things that come up because that's in our nature to be like, to see all the issues, because we try so hard to have this, you know, equal or differentiated instruction. And it's we want it to be, you know, like every child has a chance to learn. And I think that's so still so, so important. We don't want large groups of kids to be missing out on education. And and we definitely, you know, we definitely don't want that whether families think that's a priority or not. So I think that I think that's something that that we automatically think about. But then we also on the other hand, we've got to we've got to think we've got to try to come up with solutions, we need as many solutions as we can possibly find in order to get through this time. So Zoom is a possibility. Skype is another possibility. I don't know if on Skype you can share your screen. I know you can on Zoom, but I'm not sure about Skype. Um, I know Google Hangouts is an, is a great place to connect with people, and that's also free. Google Classroom is is really you know great. You can have all of your kids in Google Classroom and, and assign them things. All of my products can work with Google Classroom. I have directions for how to put how to put it you know to get it in there. But I also you don't have to have Google Classroom. And I did a little tutorial on using just like a Google Doc in Google Drive in order to have like a housed like a one place where parents go and check every single day and and then links out to the different um, resources that I have in that free packet but I also have you know I also have resources that are very reasonably priced that you can also purchase as well and you can assign those things too and I did that free video tutorial and it's on I created a page on my website Trina Devery teaching and learning.com and it's at home learning so if you go if you go to at home learning it will have the Google showing you how to use Google Drive um, it to to just the Google link that you need to, that you can have that you can share with parents. So I go over that and then I go over how parents might share it back with you. I also created some free directions for parents that you can share with how so they know how to share it back to you to make it easier. And I put that on my TBT store. So that's free. The um, parent the parent um, directions. And then I've also created a resource page where you can um, find different like websites for specific 
top for specific for specific um, topics like science and reading and um, social studies and so on. And that you can find that at trainerdebrieteachingandlearning.com forward slash e-learning. E-learning is just one word. So you can also grab that. I'll put that link, all these links in the show notes so that you can find it easier. But that is a freebie that you can download as well. So let's talk about some more things that we can do while we are doing, you know, distance or e-learning, distance learning, uh, whatever you want to call it, like whatever you're calling it, at-home learning. And even for people that are already doing homeschooling, like they're, they're a wealth of information because they have already worked through a lot of this. And they are do- and some of the things that they're doing where they're having their child like do some self-directed learning, I think that's really powerful as well. Like, you know, getting kids excited about nature. And obviously, we can't go to specific things and be in groups of people, but we can definitely take a walk around the block. And we can, you know, look in our own backyards. And another cool thing is to even go on a virtual field trip. There's so many virtual field trips. If you go to Google and you search virtual field trips, you'll find a ton. A, a a really great way to search for things for kids is to go to KidRex. I think it's KidRex. I don't know if it's .com or if it is KidRex. Let's see. Or if it's .org. I'm going to I'm going to check right now. Although my everything is so slow, I feel like um I can't find it. But KidRex is basically Google for kids and it is hmm, okay yep it is kit alarms.org backslash kid I've never heard of that before like I don't know if they've changed changed it but it's a great search engine for it's Google search engine for kids and you can type things in there and you get like things that are appropriate for kids so virtual field trips if you type that in there you're going to find a whole bunch of cool places that you can you know your that you can send for your kids to go explore um and I okay so then we have Schoology it's another it's a learning management system and that's a and I don't know if they have a free version they used to have a free version it was free I'm not sure if it's free still I know Edmodo is free so that would be a good one to use for sure as well I actually like have used both of them and used Schoology for years in my second grade classroom and I and I loved it I started off with Edmodo and I actually kind of liked that better but while I was getting my master's at Full Sail, we, they recommended Schoology, so I went with what they recommended. But Edmodo works just as well. And you can do polls in there, and it almost creates like a Facebook-like atmosphere for kids that's private. And Schoology does the same thing. I don't know about polls in Schoology, but they did have that in Edmodo. And you can place assignments in there, and you can – there's a video conferencing feature in Schoology, and I feel like there might be one in Edmodo. And so those are platforms that you can use, and you can store lots of things. And you could actually give, you know, assign them, you could assign them Google links, again, like the things that I've been talking about that I have in my store, or you can assign them, I think you can even assign them PDFs, you could actually put a PDF in there that they'd have to print, then they'd have to like re-upload it to get it back to you. Or maybe they just hold on to it and collect everything at once. Although you may want to do some assessing while you are at a distance, because who knows when we'll be back at school. 
So those are some options. Also podcasts. I love podcasts, obviously. And um, there are some really good ones for kids. And they're on lots of topics. I was talking to my my very good friend who's a second grade teacher, which is what I was for so long. And they're in the middle of folk tales, fairy tales and fables. And she's like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, you know, there's some really good Um, folk tales and fables and fairy tales on podcasts. So you just go to podcasts on iTunes, go to the podcast button, podcast on your phone, podcast, you can even type in podcasts in a search and find some really good podcasts of fairy tales and folk tales and fables. I mean, you just literally type it in like you do a search and you're going to find a whole bunch of examples. And I have created some digital Um, exit tickets for podcasts that I just posted. So I have the hard or the paper print paper print and go version of of informational podcasts and storytelling podcasts, but I just finished the storytelling and they're now digital. So now you can use them on Google and a Google link. And, um, and I'm working on the informational ones, but that will allow you to assess like standard so like you could do a point of view you know a point of view assessment like who who's this who's telling the story and how do we know that 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 they're telling it what if it was told from another character's perspective so there's a lot a compare and contrast of podcast episodes that would be a really good one Um, how characters overcome obstacles all of those standards can be assessed and with a pretty quick easy little a little assessment that that the kids can do and share back with you Um, so some examples of some, I I have that in my packet, like I have examples of storytelling podcasts and informational, but I'll give you, I'll give you a a link, another link to a free list that I have of like the top 10 podcasts that I found. But one example is like Story Nori and Brains On. Those are really good podcasts for kids. And there's just so much you can do with podcasts. I think it's also a really great time for teachers to create a podcast because then you know that they would hear your voice and you could do it. You could do a little five minute episode every day, or you could do, you know, you could show, show up weekly and do it. And I have a podcasting course for teachers that I'm actually have discounted for this time. And it's podcasting school for teachers. And I'll link to that as well. If you are interested there, the course is a training that I did live, but it's pre-recorded. So that's part of the reason why it's discounted. But then I have a Facebook group and you can ask questions in there and I can, you know, help you troubleshoot. But I think it would be a really great time to start a podcast. It takes a little while to get it up on like Apple and things like that. So, so you, if you want to do it, like you want to get started on it because it, you know, it will take like a week or two, a couple of weeks. Um, sometimes it's faster on like Spotify or Stitcher or even Google Play, like sometimes those are faster. So you might get it on one of those platforms first and then share that and or and then wait for it to come up on Apple. But you want to definitely want to get started on that. That's podcasting school for teachers. And I'll link to that as well. And so then you could, you know, like I said, you could do lots of really cool things talking to your students every day or each week, and then they would have access to it on from a cell phone or, you know, or you could put it on your website or you could share the link in however you plan on doing that. 
Okay, so some other really great so- sources are like kidsa2z.com, Brain Pop. I think Brain Pop is giving away a free subscription for for at least a couple of months. It might even be for the rest of the year. That has a lot of really good educational videos and things like that on it. Um, Scholastic at home is doing, Scholastic is doing something for kids. I think that's really cool. I, like I said, I have that page, Trina Debery, teachingandlearning.com, um, learn at home or at home learning. And that is, I am doing read alouds every single day and I'm focusing on a standard or two. And so I'm, I've done three so far. I'm up, uploading currently the third one. So that one's, I'm going to try to do them daily for a while so that you will have some, something to work with if you want to share that link with your parents as well. So hopefully that gives you some ideas, some strategies tools that you can use for your students while you are, you know, teaching from a distance, and you are keeping safe and they're keeping safe as well. Um, Yeah, so, you know, we'll get through it together. And that's the that's the you know, that's the thing that we can focus on as well is that teachers or a lot of teachers and, and even teachers, authors are, you know, they've done a lot of things in order to come together and try to get you the things that you need. And we know that small businesses and hourly wage workers are going to take the biggest hit financially during this time. And so people still have to have to make a living and are, you know, and still have things that are tied up in in being able to do that. So as much as people would love to give everything away for free, I think we also have to remember that people have to survive as well. And so, so that's just one thing I, that I want to say, but I know that people are being really reasonable and fair so that you can get exactly what you need because it's, you know, important that you do. I'll, I'm thinking about you and I'm here if you need me and just make sure that you reach out if you do. And I am, oh, this one tired teacher is feeling a little overwhelmed, but I know, like I said, we'll get through it together. Until next time, sweet dreams and sleep tight.